The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Zeal. If you want a good massage but don't have the time to get one, have the massage come to you with Zeal. You pick the time and the location. Have your next massage on demand at home. Our listeners can get $20 off their first massage with promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, May 14th. In today's news... Violence is expected as the U.S. Embassy in Israel moves to Jerusalem. A direct confrontation between President Trump and Bob Mueller is looking more likely. And Betsy DeVos is weakening investigations into for-profit colleges. But first, the big idea. Feeling disrespected keeps many loyal to Trump. Separate groups of conservatives and liberals have just published deep dives into Trump's strength in a Michigan county that was previously a Democratic stronghold. Each of their reports highlights a deep craving for respect among supporters of the president and an enduring resentment toward coastal elites that buoys his popularity. The county of interest is Macomb, located in the Detroit suburbs. Trump won it by 12 points after Barack Obama carried it twice, including by 16 points in 2008. Democratic pollster Stan Greenberg, who helped orchestrate Bill Clinton's 1992 victory, has obsessively studied this county for more than 35 years. He's been intrigued by what he calls Reagan Republicans, people who grew up as Democrats in union households but now vote Republican. He went back to Macomb after the 2016 election to understand how Trump could have won Michigan, and he recently returned to conduct another round of focus groups. In a new memo summarizing his findings, he writes that Trump voters complain constantly that there is no respect for the president or for people like them who voted for him. He quotes one older white working class woman, a Trump supporter, who recalled during one of the focus groups that when she first started voting, quote, there was so much respect for the president. It was always Mr. President. Now she complains the lack of respect towards Trump disgusts her. Interestingly, respect is also a central undercurrent in The Great Revolt, a new book by Republican operative Brad Todd and conservative columnist Selena Zito. The book chronicles how Trump forged his conservative populist coalition. Macomb is one of 10 counties, the author's study across five states, which tipped the election to Trump. Cindy Hutchins, a store owner and nurse in Michigan who they interviewed, said she voted for Obama but still feels like people unfairly consider her a racist, people she doesn't know from the coasts. She said, quote, There is no respect for anyone who is just average and trying to do the right things. Another woman from Kenosha, Wisconsin, told the authors, quote, Our culture in Hollywood or in the media gives off the distinct air of disregard to people who live in the middle of the country, as if we have no value or do not contribute to the betterment of society. A man from Erie, Pennsylvania, added that if you live in a small or medium-sized town, you would think we were dragging the country down based on watching the national news. Trump appealed to the forgotten man, a term he often used on the campaign trail. It was a message less infused with ideology than grievance. He repeatedly benefited from his opponent giving him fodder. Hillary Clinton famously said during a fundraiser in September 2016 that you could put half of Trump's supporters into what she called a basket of deplorables that were, quote, racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. The point the Democratic nominee was trying to make was that the other half of Trump's supporters were people who feel that the government has let them down. 
that the economy has let them down, that nobody cares about them, that nobody worries about what happens to their lives and their futures. But that nuance was lost, and the subsequent damage control efforts failed. Instead, many heard Clinton saying they were deplorable, and the gaffe helped galvanize wobbly Republicans. It still stings in some quarters, even a year and a half after the election. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Trump administration will formally move the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem today. The move is expected to trigger another set of violent demonstrations across Palestinian territories, and the Israeli army is preparing for a nightmare scenario of Palestinians bursting through the Gaza-Israel fence. Israeli snipers have already killed at least 49 Palestinians and shot more than 2,000 in the unrest near the fence. Still, Israel isn't letting violence dull its party. On Sunday night, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs gathered together a thousand guests, including Trump's daughter Ivanka and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, for a celebratory event. Number two, Trump is lashing out against his own team with bluster and defiance as special counsel Bob Mueller's probe enters its second year. The president's increasing agitation with his own staff heightens the risk of a more direct confrontation with federal investigators. Those in Trump's inner circle say that events about the FBI raids on his personal attorney Michael Cohen's home and office as many as 20 times a day, and that the president says he needs, quote, better TV lawyers to defend him on cable news. They also say that witnesses summoned by Mueller's team have been surprised by their precision and their polite yet aggressive approach to questioning. During questioning, evidence like text messages and emails is often displayed on a large, old-fashioned overhead projector. Trump officials are privately worried that more people in Trump's orbit will be ensnared and face serious legal problems, including members of the president's own family. In particular, there is concern at the highest levels about Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law. Number three. The Trump Education Department is weakening a special team tasked with investigating widespread abuses by for-profit colleges. The New York Times reports that the unwinding of the team has effectively killed investigations into possibly fraudulent activities at several large for-profit colleges where top aides to Education Secretary Betsy DeVos used to work. Under the Obama administration, the team was expanded to include about a dozen lawyers and investigators. The group was tasked with looking into advertising, recruitment practices, and job placement claims at several of these institutions. Now, only three people remain on the team. Investigations into institutions like DeVry Education Group, Bridgepoint Education, and Career Education Corporation have gone dark. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, May 14th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.